Good morning, Metroplex. We are live show number one on a Tolo Tuesday here at Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona with Sean RJ and Bobby Belt. They got you on the fan cam still, even though you're sitting on the ground? Yep, yep, yep. I made sure to tilt the camera down so that uh, they could see me, even though you demanded not to see me. Sweet. We are here brought to you by Rally House, your home for officially licensed NFL gear, your city, your house, Rally House. The Dallas Mavericks, without Luka and without Kyrie, go into Utah and beat the Jazz behind the young duo, Josh Green and Jaden Hardy. Each score 29 points, and they beat the Jazz 124-111. If these guys can give them anything, especially Josh Green defensively, hopefully it can ease the loss, ease it a little bit of Dorian Finney-Smith defensively. Brian Broaddus has been giving the scout report on Josh Green for a number of weeks now, and last night he did it while scoring. Yeah, if he plays defense, if he, you know, snags a couple rebounds, he he started knocking down some of these open threes this year. Like, if you can get that out of him, you've basically got what Dorian Finney-Smith was giving you. And so if you can mirror that, great. I think there's a higher upside with Josh Green than Dorian Finney-Smith. I I think Dodo's kind of, like, tapped out where he is. Dodo deserves a ton of credit for becoming the player that he was. While undrafted. Like, like, to be honest, like, I remember the first couple years of his career, I was like, this guy doesn't belong in the NBA at all. Uh, He's kind of like, he's the Terrence Steele of the Mavericks, where uh, we were all writing him off early as get this guy out of the league, and he became a really solid contributor. But Josh Green, it's it's good to see the growth that we've gotten from him over the offseason into this year. And if if he's ready to contribute, if he's ready to take those minutes, that's just good news for the Mavericks. And kids said Jaden Hardy gives us something we don't have, and that's speed. And he's fearless getting to the rim. And now, Choppy, the Mavs are 1-7 in games that Luka has missed with Kyrie's Ooh. debut tomorrow night in L.A. against the Clippers. Yeah, you know, cute stories are just that. They're cute stories. You know, at the end of the day, talent rides overall. Uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. Who are you insulting? Well, he was talking about, you know, like Dorian Finney-Smith, like, you know, he like came out of nowhere, the Terrence. So he's a cute story. He is. And, but, and then it's good. You want those. Good stories. But good stories at the end of the day are just that. That's all they are. They're good stories. Uh, I want things you can't teach. Can't teach speed, size, agility, uh, you, you, those things that are just unique to certain players. And, you know, like Kid mentioned with Hardy, if, if he's got that quickness that you just can't teach, that's great. And, that, and, and, and maybe that will help him develop into a really nice player. Mark Cuban – had an exclusive with WFAA. Uh, they caught up with Mark after he flew in Kyrie on the pli- uh, private plane to Love Field, and they asked the Mavs owner, why did you want to bring him in? We really needed the opportunity to get another player like Kyrie that's transcendental, you know, um, would give us the best backcourt in the NBA. You know, we have probably the best ball handler um, in Luka, and now we feel like we have the second best as well. And that creates unique opportunities, puts a lot of pressure on the defense, um, allows us to rest Luca more um, when Kyrie's on the court and and Luca um, is resting. So we think it's really going to be good for us. Transcendental, Trans- transcontinental. Did we ride on that yesterday? Some at some point? No, we did not ride on that. I don't believe. I don't know what that word is. He he meant transcendent. Uh, instead, he, he wait, made, wait, wait. Are you challenging Mark Cuban's vocabulary? I am. Is transcendental yeah. a word? Yes, but it me it's related to like, uh, like spirituality and stuff. It's really? a, yeah, transcendent is elevating. You think he messed up? Yes, a hundred percent. I I know he messed up. Peyton, what was that? It's transcendental. 
Oh. <laughs> Relating then, to the spiritual or non-physical realm. That's that's Kyrie. That's Kyrie. I think Bobby's right. Yeah, he meant transcendent. But the other issue here is you you acquired the best ball handler, not yes. the second best. But Luca's great. I love Luca. Kyrie's a better ball handler. It's not close. It's not close. Absolutely, it's not close. Okay, how do you see him fitting? Let's see if Mark tries to throw out another fake SAT word. Both of them just like to win, and so they'll hit the hot man. They'll move the ball. I don't think either one feels like okay. I have to score all the time. And, you know, I know with Luca, um, it's always been, you know, go with the hot hand and, and let's just win. And Kyrie's the same way. Um, I think, you know, when he starts tomorrow, first game, um, even though Luca won't be playing, you'll see him just moving the ball and getting to, to the guy who can score. And it'll be fun to watch. And when we need to get a bucket, either if it's not Luca, it'll be Kyrie. If it's not Kyrie, it'll be Luca. Pick your poison. Man, meanwhile... I saw a lot of articles. Bobby, you sent one. Uh, the Ringer, multiple people shredding the Mavericks for saying this is an inexcusable move that will probably end up costing you Luka Doncic. Just crushing the Mavericks yesterday from the Ringer and the Athletic and all these different places. Not making the move. Not making the move would have cost you. You know who these people are? These are the people who bitch about where you're going to dinner, but they don't have the restaurant suggestion. I hate those people. That's you're in a you're in a crowd of five or six. It'll happen on, on mm-hmm. this trip. It'll happen this, with this trip when we are trying to go somewhere. Well, no, and I don't want this. Oh, I had Italian last night, and no, I heard that. Okay, where do you want to go? I don't care. What's your place? I don't care. I don't care is a fine answer, but uh, be down to be be down to go somewhere. And all these people, tell me what else the Mavs were going to do. Give me your other. It, give me your it, other Maverick it, food it, option. They weren't going to do anything else. They weren't going to do anything else. No one has an answer. No, there's not. There's not an answer. And I think that's why Basic. I only heard the first five minutes of the show, so I have no idea what he said in the next five minutes. But it felt like he was backing off his criticism a little bit because someone has to tell me what other player you were going to get. How else were you going to save Doncic here? Yeah, the, the other player you were going to get was. Not somebody nearly as talented as Kyrie Irving. Uh, you, you have to sometimes make a deal with the devil. You just do. Ask Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, you sometimes got to got to do things that make you uncomfortable. And and the, Cow, uh, the, uh, the Cowboys, the Mavericks did that. Is Kyrie Irving going to work here? I have no idea. He might be a lunatic. He might, he might torpedo this whole thing. And if he does, oh, well, it was going to get torpedoed anyway. When you did nothing and Luca decided he wanted to leave. I, I don't get it because uh, are you writing the same articles if this is L.A.? I don't think we're seeing these articles if it's the Lakers. The only reason they may not is because LeBron has a history with Kyrie. And it ended poorly. LeBron ran away from him. So, like, th- this is at least an unknown. And they have Anthony Davis. <laughs> that would have been a big street three. Close. Street close, but they would have had a big three. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if they give Christian Wood minutes, they can have a big three. Mm, well, they're trying to give Christian Wood a contract extension, according to Shams. Shams Sharani are reporting uh, Christian Wood has not accepted it yet, but Mark Stein yesterday said the Clippers were interested in Christian Wood. Tim McMahon said the Mavs were still trying to trade Christian Wood by the deadline, and now you get the report that the Mavs are trying to give him a contract. Yeah, but what does that mean, right? So that's what we're still trying to figure out is what what does a contract extension mean? Is it one of those like how the Cowboys go, well, we, we offered Von Miller, and then Von Miller's like, yeah, they, did, they didn't offer me anywhere close right. to, to what was fair. 
And I would guess that's something what it is. Because I think Christian Wood's ready for it. I, I think he wants stability, and he wants to be locked in, and he wants to get his payday. So that, to me, says that they've offered it, and he didn't immediately jump on it. There's It, it was not a real, like, in good faith extension. We're all hoping for another, a second domino after Kyrie because this team can't play defense uh, and they can't rebound. Mark Cuban, what else could you all do? You know, I think um, we're always trying to get better. I think one of the other things, you know, as unfortunate as it is for Dorian to leave, um, it's really going to open up a lot of minutes for Josh, for Josh Green. And we'll have the opportunity to put the ball in his hands more because he's been really good at creating off the dribble, shooting the three. Um, defensively, he's literally been our best on-ball defender. And so I think part of the, the value in this is, you know, freeing up some minutes for, for Josh. And so once, you know, We'll we'll talk to other teams. We'll see what's out there, but you know I you know we're gonna we adding Kyrie is no small piece. So there it is. He talked about Josh Green before the game. He went out and scored twenty nine. Uh, this is headlines. We have our Adam Sandler ticket giveaway during the expressway. Oh, I just got tagged on a tweet. This may be very fun to experience with Bobby. Don't tell him he's not okay. tagged in it. All right. uh, a national outlet just put us in something. Uh, it might, might be interesting to see I'm Bobby. I'm going to find it. And how are you going to find it? Because I can literally search your handle and see who's tagged you. God. Peyton, <laughs> get the stalker drop right there. Uh, the Dallas Stars get to 3-2. And how many How many 3-2 games is this now for the uh, Stars? It's four in a row. Four 3-2 games in a row. It's the first one they won. They had dropped the previous three. They've been off for over a week. Yeah. Um, you know, the NHL had their, their all-star festivities. They've been off for a while, and. Uh, they got back to it, 3-2 win uh, in a shootout over Anaheim, and now they're off until the 8th. Was that tomorrow uh, against the uh, the Wild? Yep, tomorrow. Last night was Super Bowl media day, which has turned into an absolute circus, and Nick Sirianni was asked if this is a must-win game, which technically Brad Sham would tell you it's not a must-win no, game. No, it's not. He's not going to lose his job. You know, they're not going to they're not going to die. Yeah, you know, if you lose the game, what happens? You lose your job. You, lose, you guys lose your life. Uh, your career's over. <laughs> yes, it's not a must-win. Yeah, not a must-win. Nick Sirianni saying he's got a little chip on his shoulder after Andy Reid did not retain him on his chief staff. Yeah, I got a little. Uh, we was talking about it yesterday, and, and made sure to say, "Oh, Andy handled it so professionally, and 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 he he couldn't be sweeter. He he was like a big old teddy bear." But then he also goes like, "But yeah, you know, chip on my shoulder." I carry that with me a little bit, you know, and uh, that's just, that's the type of coach competitor I am. And so he Man. he went full Sirianni yesterday, which I don't know. I love it when Michael Jordan does it. I love it when players take like their little motive. For some reason, it just bugs me when Sirianni does it. Double standard, Bobby. Double standard, Bobby. Coaches in general. I don't want I don't want to hear a coach talking like they're out there on the field doing it. Jalen Hurts was talking about the historic moment that's coming up in just a few days. So many kids out there, so many kids that, you know, they may tell them to change their position or do whatever it is, but, you know, it, it can be done. It can be done, and this is a historic moment, and I, I know it'll be a show. It'll be a fun one. Man, that is a that is a statement directed right at you there, Bobby Polian, uh, telling all these quarterbacks to switch to wide receivers and tight ends or running backs <laughs> like you think Jalen and Lamar Jackson are. Yeah, I just, I just want him to go full Ariana Grande. I want him to switch up positions. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm asking for. 
You can you can uh, you can sit in the chair if you want. I'm allowed to now. Thank you, benevolent. I didn't leader. tell you to get on the ground, number one. <laughs> so you don't don't get was, on the ground. Was he shaking? Uh, I was yeah, bouncing a little, but a I little mean, bit. yeah, but it was but it but it lowered, didn't it? It'll, nah, it'll be back, I bet. It, yeah, there you go. Now you're just trying to do it. You can't troll me. <laughs> I'm untrollable by you. Really? Roll all right, on. all right. Challenge accepted. Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Truckwreck dot com. Text sign to hit us up here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby. It's DFW Sports Station one zero five three. The fan. Gosh, there's so many things to get to here. We have uh, Tom Brady saying he's going to sit out a year. Tony Romo defending himself while mm-hmm. while also uh, loving the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, let's let's react to this list that comes out every year. Oh yeah. All right. Bobby Belt is now a part of this morning show, and let's see if he thinks we belong on this national list that just came out. And most importantly, let's send you to the Adam Sandler show with the ticket giveaway for being a Tolo next. What's up, y'all? It's Sean Sharif, RJ Choppy, and Bobby Belt live from the Phoenix Convention Center. It is our first show and a Tolo Tuesday from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. I, I really cannot believe that no one is in here. Nobody yeah. is in here. It's us. One, two, three, four, five. Like, one, there's six shows. There's one right behind that curtain there. There's a couple more down there. I, there's, I just took a little walk, um, you know, down down the way. A lot of the national shows are here uh, doing their thing. All the national shows. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like Sirius has anybody there yet. Yeah. But, like, the first takes of the world, they're not going to be in here mm-hmm. Uh, like is McAfee set McAfee, up in here? McAfee, I think, is the FanDuel one over there. Um, look at that set. Look how different all this looks, though. From so last out. time, even we were here. Forget about just spread out. Look at the sponsors. Look at the names. You have Bally Sports, was well, Fox Sports Southwest that we're used to. You have FanDuel there. DraftKings. You have DraftKings right there. Where'd you steal these Red Bulls from? Uh, Sleep Number. That's just a. Sleep they, they, They've good. got a podcast, dude. Their guest list is amazing. Uh, DraftKings. Yeah, TikTok. TikTok. TikTok's here. Uh, Caesar Sportsbook. Caesar is here. Sportsbook is there. Uh, so all, Ring. I saw a Ring set up somewhere. WBRS is here. I don't know who they are, but they're here. So anyway, me and RJ, the ones who can compare uh, since we've been here. It's very different, and it's more spread out. There's nobody. Like, I've the, there's, been here. The local stations are just not here. Um, you know, there's there's so many empty tables here, and it's much more spread out Like in terms of like there's less stations that even have come post-COVID. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Oh, for sure. 100% what it is. Have you guys spotted 95-7 the game yet? No, we've not. Bonte. Oh, man. <laughs> really? KNBR's here. The other San Francisco station? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, we, we haven't seen them. They said they were too good for this. It wasn't fun uh, pushing advertisements and everything else. You know, you can pick and choose the guests that you want. Yeah. That is possible. Yeah, yeah were, you don't have to take everybody. They were told they couldn't wear jerseys into Radio Row, <laughs> and they were like, well, I don't have anything else. He heard the charcuterie. Butcher Boy heard the charcuterie board wasn't up to his standard. Yeah, yeah. What if I put a starter jacket over it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of other radio shows, and this is kind of a uh, an annual tradition for us when we come out here, RJ, the 
Barrett Sports Media Major Market Awards. The list of the best national shows in the country. Nationally, every single city who is in the uh, the the cream of the crop. So this is the eighth annual one, and the criteria comes out. It's 46 program directors. So 46 bosses, maybe even including the one that you uh, stole the wallet from this morning, Bobby. Yep. But all the different companies, they vote and all the different bosses, and they go on on-air chemistry and originality and ear test and rating success, ability to entertain all these things fit. Number one, the number one morning show in the entire country. Oh, God. Have you looked at it? Uh, nope. I have it open. I have not looked. Okay. Based upon my oh, God reaction, are you looking at it? I was going to pull it up, but no. I won't. No. Ba- okay, based upon your oh, God reaction. Who could it be? Well, it could be one of uh, three. It could be uh, uh Bonte and Shasky, or whatever his name is. Okay, if that was the case, I'd I would quit. walk in the middle of the street and get hit by a bus. I, I, I just quit. I would quit. I started a podcast, which is basically what they do. <laughs> um, okay, it could be. Do they consider Boomer and Geo? No, they'll have their own, like Colin they're, Cowherd, and so they're on they're on their own. Oh, no, Boomer and Geo, they should be on they it. They should be on this. Okay, yeah, they they are on it. Uh, it could be my dead grandmother, uh, Angelo. Angelo. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Bobby, any guess? Why would I? I was thinking uh, Angelo or uh, Francesa. Well, he's not mourning. He's it's, not. Oh, on. he's not mourning. This is mourning specific. And he's and he's not on. Welcome period. to the show, Roy. <laughs> and you're <laughs> mourning. <laughs> Angelo Cataldi, number one. Oh. Ah! WIP. Give us a break, God. Our sister stage. <laughs> WIP. Jalen Rega. Because he's a whip. Are they here? No, they don't come here. They don't come? They don't come. I don't come here. <laughs> Me even and Rhea. Even when they're in the Super Bowl? Rhea. Even when they're in the Super Bowl. Good point. No, Chobby, they'll be here. Chobby, they have to be yeah, here. Yeah, they'll be here. They're in the Super Bowl. They'll be here. Rhea. Rhea. They finished number one. Number one. I'll, I'll give them this. Like, their show is is the it's the perfect show for the market they're in. There's not a better – there's not a show, I think, that gets the market they're in more than that one. Like they Which could, is? Meatballs. Yeah. Like they get it, like they get it, they do it right. I think it, it, it's not it's not my kind of show, but for Philadelphia, it's, I think it's the perfect show. And he was okay. in his sexual prime. <laughs> it is sexual prime, real, real sexual prime. Uh, that's my that's my father-in-law's favorite segment. Whenever we spy on uh, on filthy. Whoa, I got to be honest. I have never seen what Angelo looks like. Not what I was expecting. No, no. I was People say that about you. I was expecting a guy who like who would go by the name Pauly and uh, be in Goodfellas or something. Who's like sixty and. Like, well, what are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, he's he is sixty, okay. <laughs> and he looks he like does. he's a good fellow. You know, you know what? I, you know he what, I'm, trying, you know what like, I'm not trying to say. He literally looks like everything you just all right, described. All right, all right, I'm all Italian. Right. You're protected. All right, you can right, say whatever you want. Right, I, <laughs> I expected here. I expected him to look like Clemenza. Is what I expected from okay. the Godfather. All right, sorry, he's, he's more Tessio. Is that, how about that? Is that is that okay? Yeah, he's a little more Tessio. That's fair. All right, number two, Toucher and Rich in Boston. That's a good show. Um, right. Uh, yeah. They were here, or Rich was, or Toucher. One of them was here. One of the two was here. I think it was Toucher. I thought it was, it was both. I don't know. The younger one. The younger looking one was was in Dallas back in the day. Sure. And they've been killing over there. Number three is Boomer and Geo. 
They're here set up in the corner, and they're actually doing their show live this year. Unbelievable. You know, when they, we were in San Francisco a couple years ago, Robert, uh-huh. um, they it's a, that's, that's Pacific time. So <laughs> sure. for a 6 a.m. show in New York City, that's a 3 a.m. start time in San Francisco. Mm. They did their show what a breakdown. the night before. Oh. They recorded it the day, like the, all the interviews said they recorded it the night before and then played it live. Did a whole show about how Dewey defeats Truman? I don't think so, that, that's a good reference, though. So Thank they you. didn't have too much of a drop-off there with Craig Carton uh, going to the afternoons. But anyway, they're number three, New York. Is um, that what the prison's called, the afternoons? What? What? <laughs> hey, if I don't know seven <laughs> out of your ten references, don't use them, or at least right now. They've been good references, Chop. <laughs> the uh, sports junkies. The guys who uh, banned us because of Mike Fisher are next in D.C. Uh, sports junkies. The sports yes, junkies. Right, they did ban us. Yeah, we used to do crosstalk with them. I was out one day. Fish apparently was rude, uh, We, you know, and not playing along, so they banned us. Number six, KFAN in Minneapolis. Number seven, KNBR, San Francisco. Number eight... 670 the score in Chicago. Uh, number nine, the other Boston morning show. Number nine. Number nine. And in number 10, Sean, RJ, and Bobby, 105.3 the fan. You know, at least Let's they go. updated the photo. How many times did they give Sean and I a photo that we took in 2012? <laughs> the ones on your credentials? Is that Peyton uh, cheering back in the studio? He is. He's clapping. He is. Oh, he's we're clapping. popping champagne back here, baby. He's got we're his, celebrating. Uh, he's got his cheese and smile up there. <laughs> so you can say you you are in a top ten morning show in the entire country there, Peyton. I'll add it even to my though, bio, baby. Let's go. Even though we're in a top five market, we're number ten. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> did you did you scroll down to fifteen? No, eleven is Detroit. Twelve is Seattle. Thirteen, Mark Schlereth, Denver. Uh, Fourteen, the other station in Philly. Oh, fifteen is that's the picture they use. That's Fonte. <laughs> oh my God, they used a picture of the game they lost by twenty four. <laughs> that's the two of them in the stands. That's a perfect picture uh, for them, isn't it? Can't afford Radio Row or pictures. That's an accident, absolutely. <laughs> so there it is. Thanks to uh, Barrett Sports Media making us number 10. Number 10. Yeah, uh, you know. We uh, take it? Uh, I'll take anything above number 11. Okay. That's, that's my threshold. Anything above 11, we're good to go. Uh, well. So appreciate it. Appreciate it. And thanks for using an updated photo. And for putting us ahead of Bonte. And thanks <laughs> uh, thanks for all y'all listening. That's why we, we want to hook you up with the Adam Sandler ticket giveaway. Peyton, let's do that right now on the Diamond Factory hotline. Let's have the Tolos hit us up so we can send you to the show. All right, Sean, that's right, Tolos. Caller number 10 right now at 877-881-1053 wins a pair of tickets to see Adam Sandler live at the American Airlines Center on February 15th. Tickets are on sale right now at LiveNation.com. That's caller number 10 at 877-881-1053. Okay, Choppy, do you want the John Morant laser do you want tom brady waiting a year or do you want trent dilfer controversy oh oh trent dilfer okay i think is where to go all right let's do trent dilfer and let's start off he was trending all day long trent dilfer does have a super bowl ring he was along for the ride of that all-time great ravens defense that was featured in this recent 30 for 30 uh, he also was an ESPN analyst. We've had him on the show. Yeah. And now he is is a college head coach? 
Yeah, UAB, right? Is it UAB now? Yeah, the coach uh, there. The Blazers. The Blazers. So that's Trent Dilfer, and he was sitting down talking about the modern day quarterback and how it does not impress him at all. Modern day game does not impress me. It's super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback, and when you can't reroute receivers, and when you can't hit guys across the middle. I love Tom Brady. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love these guys. It's not impressive. What's impressive is what they did. Wow. So this was on a uh, upcoming 30 for 30, right? Yeah, the one I just talked about. Right. It's called, yeah. it's called Bullies in Baltimore. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, so, like, but it was weird. I've never seen a 30 for 30 where the guy's in front of, like, a, doing a symposium. Like a panel. Yeah, like, I've never seen anything like that. But a couple of things here. First off, there are people out there on social media using Trent's career against him saying that this point lacks credibility because who you are, which is the dumbest thing. I've never understood that. Trent, Trent is was it, analyzing the it, situation. Is it different because he's talking about – I don't know. Is this any different from him just being a game analyst? Does this feel like more connected to where his his take is more insulting and has less credibility? Because he's basically saying, like, when I played – it was oh. more. It was harder and much more challenging and much more difficult. I, I, listen, he, he he's doing both a little bit. Like, it, is it easier to play quarterback today than in two thousand? Yeah, yeah, it is. You don't. Your, your receivers are going to be never thrown off their route the way they used to be. There's no clutching and grabbing. They can't hit you really. Uh, yeah, it's easier. It's easier than it was in twenty fifteen to play quarterback, and it was also easier in the year two thousand than it was in nineteen ninety to play quarterback. So everybody gets the benefit. Of yeah, this is the easiest time ever. Every year is literally the easiest time ever to play the quarterback position, um, and that goes for all sports. It's easier to hit a baseball when you don't, when you know the pitcher's not going to headhunt you. True, it's I just, think all those are good points. It's just easier it, when you know that Nolan Ryan is pitching and he can't go high up, you know, up and in on you because if he does, he's getting thrown out of the game. Then you, it's a much different at bat. God, he just comes across so condescending yeah. and arrogant. He does. And I like Trent Dilfer. Yes. I have liked Trent Dilfer. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, that doesn't mean. Doesn't that, impress me. Yeah. Who are you? Because the game is easier doesn't mean that it's less impressive. I don't know why every era does this. Every generation craps on the other generation's game. Be it the old guys saying it's soft now or the new guys saying, well, you guys weren't as good of athletes. Like, why do we have to crap on other generations? It's a pride thing. It's so Like, stupid. that's all it is. It's just a, it's a pride thing. It's a measuring contest. Is, is it the same thing as when we talk about Gen Z and stuff? And of course. To- We're just jealous that they don't have to do schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm like, like my kids. Like, they, I, do you have homework? No. Why not? We don't get it. And that, that upsets me. I, and I make it, and I start to say that it's old man thing. Like, you know, you guys aren't as tough as we were. But in reality, they're smarter because they decided to grow up in an era where they don't have to do it. Or they wind their I, way out of it. I'm going to stay old school. I think part of the, uh, I, I think part of the issue too that, uh, you know, when Dilfer talks about how, well, you know, I'm not impressed by, but like the other thing you got to consider here is like defensive concepts continue to evolve, and uh, like there are so many other things that. Like, quarterbacks are more responsible for checks yes. and controlling the game today than they have been at any point, too. True. So there's more on the quarterback in that sense. They're trying to evaluate more. There's all these different coverage schemes and innovations. And more so, difficult mentally, easier physically. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'll, you know, they, they give you. Because all the rules tailored to the offense. Yeah, they give you a blankie and a binky whenever you get sacked and throw a penalty flag for you. So Dilford got 
destroyed and roasted. Let me hear that one more time, Peyton, before we play the other clip. Just Trent Dilfer on the state of quarterbacking. Modern-day game does not impress me. It's super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback and when you can't reroute receivers and when you can't hit guys across the middle. I love Tom Brady. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love these guys. It's not impressive. What's impressive is what they did. That's the other thing when he's talking about what's super easy. I mean, Trent Dilfer was a bum. Like, probably easily the worst quarterback to ever to ever QB a, a team that won it all. I don't even know if it's close. Yeah, I mean, you could maybe of say. Of the modern era. Yeah, like was, was Hostetler. Well, I don't count him. He was a sub. Like, sure. Trent Dilfer was that team's quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Hostetler wasn't their starter. He, he was in because of injury. Banks was the starter at the beginning of that year, though. Tony Banks? Yeah, he was the starter at the beginning of that year. Was he? He, he got benched, I think, is what happened. Okay. Or he had gotten injured. I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I would almost guarantee Dilfer played more games than Hostetler. In, oh, yeah. In yeah, their he respective did, Yeah, because Hostetler was at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Tony Banks started. They split it. Tony Banks started eight games that year. Huh. Tony Banks. Anyone wow. else? Like, there's there's no one else, I think, that is even close he, to the Rip, conversation. Rippin was better um, for two years. Yeah. He had a, yeah. <laughs> he had a, he what had a, a supernova career Mark Rippin had. All right, here's the other clip. Man, listen to this guy. I used to like this guy like a, uh, like a, like, like, like a Weasley respect for him. But, gosh, Greg Williams from Bounty Gate. Listen to this Dilford story. After week 11, I go to Matt Cavanaugh. I'm like, Matt, you're not going to believe this. And, and you know my personality. I don't lose stuff. I'm early. I stay late. I don't, I don't have my playbook. He's like, what? I'm like, I, I looked everywhere. You know, we got those big duffel bags. I had the same routine every pregame. I mean, there's no way I, I lost this playbook. I'm like, it got stolen uh, in Tennessee. So we go out there for the playoff game. They're calling out everything. I mean, they know what we're doing before we're going to do it. And I never could really say anything about, you know, you don't play well. You don't want to use it as an excuse. Defense carries us once again. And I'm at an NFL function with Greg Williams probably 12 years ago. And he admits that he stole that sucker out of the locker room. And, I mean, to this day, to this day, it pisses me off. I see Greg Williams somewhere, and he says, man, that must have been rough knowing that we had your playbook. So not only are you playing a great defense, but you're playing a great defense that has the answers to the test before the test. Greg Williams stole Trent Dilfer's playbook out of the locker room? A loser. <laughs> this guy. I don't think there's a level he wouldn't stoop to. He, 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 I, he's one of the worst humans out there. He's such a loser. Like, you're going to cheat? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna try to put bounties on people? I don't know how they let him in the league. I don't know how they let him in the league still. Yeah, but I mean, like, let's all, like, I mean, that's, he's obviously somebody who gets highlighted for both those things, but not the first person to pay for bounties, not the first person to put bounties on players throughout the history of the league, and not the first person to steal a playbook or, uh, you know, maybe videotape somebody's practice. You know, Bill Belichick. You know who he's coaching for now? Uh, Isn't he, was he at Tennessee? Man, he's not in the league. He's not in the league. You well, did you mean idea? University of Tennessee? I, I have no idea where he's at. The, RJ would know if he was at the University of Tennessee. Yeah, the D.C. Defenders. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, he ain't in the NFL. 
Uh, he might. Is, I, mean, I was thinking of Jim Schwartz, who's back in the league now. He's on. Uh, he's on the Mount Rushmore of disgraced coaching coaches in the NFL. Are there other any other names that come to mind? Like Belichick has cheated more than anyone, but he's not on the Mount Rushmore no. of being disgraced. No, but Greg Williams is up there, one of the final four. Yeah, I mean, Greg Greg's disgraced because of Bounty Gate. Like you're trying to actively hurt people. I don't even know if I have. I don't. I don't think. I don't even know if that's my biggest problem with him is is Bounty Gate because a lot of people do that. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people did. They just didn't I'm get sure caught. Did. Buddy Ryan like did it mm. to the Cowboys. Yeah, nobody likes Buddy Ryan. He people put it on a kicker. Jackass. Fat ass. I don't know. Is that we... what Jimmy said? Yeah. Is Jimmy called him <laughs> are, are, are we only saying disgraced football coaches? NFL. NFL coaches. specific? Man, I can't think of. Is there. Who's number two? Newey Scruggs is listening right now. Tell me to back uh, off a deal for So tell me. Tell me another disgraced coach, Newey. He's. He's not disgraced, but you know, I remember Colombo saying that Jim Schwartz was the dirtiest coach he ever played against. Matt Patricia is pretty uh, considered toxic right now, mm-hmm. but it's, see, it's such a different—it's a different thing from being like ostracized and toxic and considered, and versus like being disgraced, like Greg Williams, right? Because Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, those are guys who everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, why would you bring those guys in?" The, the guys I'm thinking about are like, would. Bobby Petrino. Petrino. Petrino would stand out to me, but he's not NFL. Yeah, he, um, well, he's disgraced because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah the way he, the way he failed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess Petrino would count. Um, there's really nobody else that stands out to me. Tom Brady Tom has Brady? made his announcement on when he's starting his broadcasting career. Here he is on FS1. For me, I want to be great at what I do, and even – you know, talking even last week with the people at Fox Sports, you know, and, and the leadership there allowing me to start, you know, my Fox opportunity in, in the fall of 2024 is something that's great for me. So take some time to really learn, become great at what I want to do, become great at, um, you know, thinking about the opportunity and making sure I don't rush into anything. And I, I, I think when people really bet on me, I think one thing about my career, whether I was when I was drafted by the Patriots or signing for agency with the Bucks, I wanted to be you know, fully committed, and I, I never wanted to let people down. I think my biggest motivator was that. So, you know, even in the future, I want to be great at what I do, and that always takes some time and strategizing and, and learning and growing and evolving, and I have so many people to rely on that um, can support me in that growth too. So it's going to be a good, great opportunity for me to take some time to really uh, certainly become at my Fox broadcasting job, which I'm really looking forward to, but also catching up on other parts of my life that uh, need, some, need some time and energy. So there's Tom taking off next season. Mm-hmm. So 2024 will start his Fox right. NFL broadcasting career. So he's got himself a year to practice, to decompress, to hang out, relax, chill, watch the game, see what he needs to do, and then he'll get to it. And I, I think that's the smart thing. Like, retiring and then going right into it, I mean, it takes some time. Like, take a year off. And Fox gets to benefit because they don't have to make an uncomfortable decision on Greg Olson. Yeah, they can wait. They could wait and maybe see what happens. Maybe Tom changes his mind. Says, eh. I mean, they want Tom. Yeah, they want this Tom. This is a good problem to have. Make no mistake about yeah, it. It is. It is. Except it is. if you're paying him $37 million a year. Yeah, especially when you're paying him $27 million more than you're paying Greg Olson. You're not getting $27 million more of production and viewership. Tom Brady's not going to bring anybody to the broadcast. Like you're going to When Tom Brady or Tony Romo do the 3 o'clock game, which is the national, you know, America's game of the week or whatever. Yeah, you you don't have choices. 
if you don't have the Sunday ticket, you don't have a choice. That's the only game you get to watch. You know, like it's not like you're, it's if it was a, if they were all doing noon games, then you got a little bit different of a story. Um, I, I just think that it's it's crazy to pay that kind of money for for an announcer. But what are they going to do? I was about to say I've never picked a game because of an analyst, but that's not true because I will actively pick. Like if you're giving me alternate broadcast is the time that I'll pick an analyst. So if you give me the Manning cast versus the ESPN booth, I would pick the Manning cast. But other than that, those situations, I'm never picking somebody because of that. So just give it to the person who has the best job. I don't think you're does the best job. I don't think you're getting, like Chop said, any sort of a bump because Brady's in the booth. And I, I cannot envision. Just listen. I know Brady knows football, obviously, at a very high level, and he would have a lot of good things to add. But just hearing him on his Let's Go podcast or those interviews and stuff like that, I can't. I have the fear he's going to put me to sleep. Mike Francesa said that he didn't think Brady was going to be good. He didn't think Bill Walsh was going to be good, and he doesn't think that Brady's going to be good doing this. I don't remember Bill Walsh being an analyst. He worked for NBC. I don't remember that Very much. briefly. DJ coming up big with the coffee delivery. Got Finally. He got, Boom. He got talls. Just kidding. By the just way. Just uh, kidding, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, talls are big? Talls are small. Halls are small. Grandes are medium. Grandes are medium. And then tw- uh, 20 is big. Venti. Venti is mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. DJ, thank you. We appreciate it. And Trenti is off the menu. Trent is off the menu. What about the black eye? The black eye, that is, uh, that's just two shots of espresso. Okay. A red eyes one, a green eyes three. We neglected two names in the disgraced uh, coaching names that the Tolos hit us up on the Fantex, and I can't believe we missed both of them. John Gruden. Yes. Uh, yeah. Urban Meyer. Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> so oh. there you go. Urban Meyer, Bobby Petrino, John right. Gruden, and Greg Williams. Yeah, I feel like we might be able to p- replace Petrino. Probably. But those other three are not coming off. Ooh. Absolutely not. All right, Tony Romo is responding to the recent criticism. He did an interview with Bro Bible, and he said, you can't please everyone at the end of the day. Quote, you're always trying to do the right thing. At the core, there are just more people now who feel like telling me how they think I'm doing. I have people coming up to me on the street far more than my first couple of years. At first, they'd mostly tell me how much they love listening to me and all these positives, so it's fun. When you're young and you come out and you're good, you're dealing with more expectations, you find out some people don't like you and some people want you to do things differently and do this and that instead. You've got to stay true to yourself. You can't please Everyone, I know that, and again, he's talking about the number of people who come up to me has quadrupled. I, I don't buy that sentence whatsoever. Tony Roma doesn't have more people coming up to him now than he did three years ago. And the people who came up to him came up to him first because he was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but he said, um, look, uh, there's going to be noise, and i got to stay true. And if you think I'm too hype or I get too emotional, then turn it down. That's like uh, that's I'm glad he feels that way uh be comfortable in your own skin all that that's great what do you guys but think is better between sweet and lower equal I don't I drink coffee black yeah, I don't I, I don't I, ever I, put I anything in there wow and okay, so sorry real man I was talking to real man of genius uh I got the 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 thing with Romo there is you can feel comfortable with who you are and have that confidence and that's great but to just say like you know you got to keep being who you are and keep doing your thing okay but like you have you that's the criticism you have changed your broadcasting style you're not the same broadcaster you were a few years ago this isn't just people have changed their opinions of you and you're doing the same old thing all right be his boss be be be, be CBS be Jim Nance what would you tell him what would be your advice 
Um, start watching game film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, look, it's it, there was going to be a natural decline just because you came out of the league, right? And you were fresh and you were caught up to date and stuff. You're going to have to probably work harder than you did the first couple years during the study week. And like in terms, but of the what are we not? I, I I want some tangible evidence. Okay, here's, when people say he's not watching film, pr- prove that to me. Like, tell, give me yeah. examples. Why? Why do you say that? I uh, know because I brought us said it too. Everyone's saying it, but when you when you and I don't think it's he's watching less film than he did the first time. I think it's he watched a ton of film coming out of the league as a player, and now that he's watching analyst level film or doing that much investigation. He's not as caught up on the whole league trends as he used to be. You can hear it in the way. It's not just the not predicting plays. Okay. It's just in general, it used to be much more fleshed out as, yeah, look, see what the Patriots like to do here. As they, Belichick oftentimes will do this, yada, yada, yada. He used to give us the nuggets like, you know, oh, yeah, one of the things Belichick likes to do when he's in a, a blowout, he'll start running the ball or he'll start doing things to shake up tendencies so that it messes with the raw data that other teams see. He was giving you stuff like that that he doesn't give you anymore, and he's replaced it instead with just – like boyish excitement and that's fine people want excitement i understand that but to just replace the analysis with well i'll up my level of excitement i don't want that look i've i've i'm glad he's not doing the 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 predicting plays i like to watch the game and just enjoy it um but i don't mind the boyish excitement you know, I don't. I don't mind it. Like that's that's part of the entertainment value. It just can't it. replace your analysis, is what I mean. It can't replace your analysis, no. But the games, sports broadcasting, a little bit has changed. Like Bill Walton does does games differently, right? Now you don't want Tony doesn't want to be Bill Walton. Or Bill's, yeah, you want to be sober. Yeah, Bill. <laughs> Bill could do th- and get away with things that most can't. Uh, but you know, it's about being unique too. What's different about? So, that? what's your Romo criticism? Well, I mean, now it's like you know he's not doing the, uh, the 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 predicting of plays. I don't I don't have nearly as much criticism of him as I used to. I didn't like that. Okay. Um, I don't mind the gym. I don't mind all that. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's just it's it's. I want him to have fun. I want him to sound like he's having fun. Why do I like Dick Enberg so much? It always sounded like Dick Enberg was like smiling when he talked to me. Oh my. Yeah, it's just like you know. I just want I want guys that are enjoying themselves. And if you're enjoying yourself, I want to be part of that party. Romo was asked about the actual game coming up on Sunday. And, man, it sounds like he loves Philadelphia. I'm hearing the majority of people right now yes. pick Philly. Yes. This has got Denver-Seattle vibes, man. Larry Fitz. It does have Denver-Seattle vibes. Larry Fitz I saw on local TV yesterday pick the Eagles because of their defense. And Romo was talking about just how impressive their offensive scheme is, uh, that the defenses will make the difference, but he was just talking about what a great job the Eagles front office and Sirianni did to make all this work around Jalen Hurts, but I'm starting to yeah. starting to hear filthy. It's remi- So when we were in New York that year for Denver-Seattle. It feels like it's Mahomes versus the Eagles team. Yeah, I mean, that's what it felt like with that one. That game, too, was Manning versus Seattle, and I was stunned that year to how many of the former players were picking the Seahawks. All the media was picking Denver. All the players were saying, "Guys, y- y'all don't, like this is this Seattle team is on a different level." God, I lost a lot of money on that game. Yeah. Oh Jeez. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was stunning. It was stunning how many people picked Seattle. And I'm getting the same kind of vibes here. Yep. Same exact vibes. All these former players are saying, "Y'all don't know what Philly's about to do to this team." And I know it hurts your heart, Bobby, but it hurts. I see what you did there. Uh, uh, no, I don't. Uh, 
Well, Look, it sure Philly, hurt all of us. That was sting. Philly could absolutely like, like I wouldn't be stunned if they won this game, but like this is I think this is I I, I think Chiefs are are gonna win this one comfortably. I, I'm not saying like I mean one of the notes I saw yesterday was something to the effect of the Chiefs have lost three games this year and it's been by a combined ten points. Like you know if if it's a close game late, I'm trusting Patrick Mahomes to pull it out over Jalen Hurts. That's just that I, I don't think it's a hot take to say I trust Mahomes is going to be better than Hurts on Sunday. Meanwhile, Choppy says that uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, all this is the fault of Nick Saban. When he wanted to transfer, I said, well, who has the best player? He wanted to go to Maryland or Miami. I said, you need to go to Oklahoma. They got the best coach to develop you as a quarterback, and you're going to be around the best players, so that's going to enhance your chances of having success. He did that. He had a great year. I was worried about having to play him in the playoffs, and I can't tell you how proud I am of seeing this guy in the Super Bowl. Man. Screw you, Nick Saban. <laughs> like, this guy has ruined my life as a college football fan at the University of Tennessee. And, you know, he told Hurts to go to Lincoln Riley. And he's like, so go to OU. Uh, you know, he, he wanted to go to Maryland or Miami, which made no sense. Uh, and he, I don't know if he's here today if, if he went to Maryland or Miami. Right. You know, who knows? He went to OU. He developed into a really good quarterback. QBU. He's one win away. It one is. One win away, and it's all Nick Saban's fault. It's not Lincoln Riley's fault. Nick Saban's. I uh, I mean, sure. Like, like I, I would just like to know if that's like the a hundred percent. Because I've heard more than enough stories of Saban not just being like, yeah, buddy, let me uh, let me help, help you find you. the best possible spot for you. <laughs> like, that's not there. There are plenty of stories you can ask around Tuscaloosa of like, oh yeah, I uh, want to hear about how uh, Calvin Ridley's trip to the NFL went. It wasn't good. Like, I mean, there there's been plenty inst- of instances of. Him not just propping somebody up and helping. What do you him. mean it wasn't good? They just I, I won't say specifically, but they had a bad time going back, and he got to a point where Calvin Ridley was just like, sort of didn't even feel like he was like part of the Crimson Tide anymore once he hit the NFL. Oh, and so it's it can be it can be made difficult. Like a lot of coach, very rarely are coaches like, let me help transfer you to the best spot possible. It's usually exactly the opposite. It's let me mess this up. Is Calvin Ridley the last jersey you bought? Um, it's a good question. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Why did you get his jersey? Because he tweeted at Marcus Mosier that he thought he was an idiot, and I said, I want to financially support that. <laughs> Good gosh. Good gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it five minutes after he tweeted it. Eight seven seven. Is Marcus Mosier affiliated with us in some way? No. no. Oh, no. okay. I thought it was like some podcast thing. 877-881-1053, chartwreck.com, text line. <laughs> now, what? Now, Choppy, we got to allow him to be petty if we're petty. Oh, yeah. All right. I thought you gave a face of disapproval right there. No, he can be petty all he wants. We're, we're good with that. Except petty. for tomorrow with Dan Orlovsky mm-hmm. sitting down with us. All right. Speaking of petty, did you see the Stephen A. Smith, Jay Williams fight over the newest Maverick, Kyrie Irving? Wait till you hear this audio. And Shannon Sharp tells Jal Morant, you're not a thug. Stop trying to be one. That's next on The Fan.